0: It's Cofield and Company. company, company, company. so drags it across the line right wing. Flips it to the middle in the end mark. Marchessault, extra pass to the left. They score. Jack Eichel from the left wing circle. The Knights have tied at 1-1. Theodore back and forth. Theodore shoots and scores. Might have been tipped on the way towards the net. Shea Theodore fires from the left side. Vegas takes a 5-1 lead. Power play goal for the Knights. Knights get it again. In the middle of the shot, score! William Carlson, 6-1 to one Golden Knights. Well, Carlson has a three-point game. It's time for Cofield and Company on ESPN Las Vegas. And-
1: Yeah,
2: all right, here we go. Friday, Friday, Friday. 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 Finley Toyota Studios, Cofield, Adam Hill, getting ready for do or die in the NBA for the eight slot. We saw a do or die opportunity last night for VGK. They dude, big time, (laughs) six to one. So we'll get to that inside of five minutes.
0: It's the three on Cofield and Company.
2: But the NFL draft is uh, inside of two weeks away now. Adam Hill is all over it. Yesterday I saw you release the list, you confirmed, the list of first-round possibilities. Because I don't think everyone who's going to be here is a definite first-rounder, but first-round possibilities, the players who will be in Vegas to uh, ride the contraption they're setting up, be <laughs> part of the Bellagio experience. What exactly are they doing at the Bellagio? Well, there's a sta- the red carpet stage is on the Bellagio Lake. So they come out there first or they come out on the stage on Koval? Well, they'll come out on the red carpet. It will be way before the draft is. Okay. On. So it's not that they're just, it doesn't like, like the guy I'm wondering about is Matt Corral could be, I'm trying to think of someone who, you know, might've been a first round candidate who slipped to like the third round. Right. Um, one of the more recent ones, he probably went I'm guessing like 45, maybe in the second round, maybe even later. But I, I remember Geno Smith just being on camera, just all pissed off. So I'm. I'm uh, so Matt Corral's the guy. I wonder if he's actually going to go in the first round, but he is going to be one of at least 21 players who are here in town.
3: Yeah, and don't forget the second round also on TV. They'll, they'll probably want to have some guys that are on stage and around for for round two potentially, uh, and they will. And I am right now in the process. Like you, you just uh, brought up the the thought in my mind. I'm in the process of working on top five like draft room, like green room slides of all time. Like the Aaron Rodgers one is obviously uh, very well known. Of everybody thought he was going gonna, to gonna kind of go early, and they just kept cutting to him and being depressed in the green room. Geno Smith is a good one too. Um, one of the, the great ones that uh, didn't fall that far, but was just drama filled, was uh, the Laramie Tunsil situation, where you know a, a picture leaks right before the draft. People are like, "Oh, he's like top three, top four, and then all of a sudden he's he's starting to fall, and people are like, "Oh, that picture. Team saw that picture uh, of the what was it the scuba mask." bong that he had which was fantastic um so yeah there's those those stories have happened and i'm sure there'll be a couple here of guys that you think are going to go pretty early and could potentially fall uh as you kind of look through the list and you know matt corral corral's the one that you're like okay yeah that's a guy that probably has the potential uh to fall out of the first round kyle hamilton's an interesting one because he's a guy who has been top three prospects for months all reports now are he's probably falling out of the top 10, so he'll probably be sitting in
2: that room looking around like, okay, what's going on here? Jamison Williams, three months removed from an ACL tear. Yeah. He's definitely a first-rounder, the Alabama wide receiver.
3: I believe my mock that's coming out on a Sunday has a number eight. And I think if I wow. was, if I was actually the one drafting and not trying to project – I probably have him go number forty. Your Jets. He's going to be ready. ACLs are not what they used to be, and I think that we we have, that have been doing this for a long time in terms of covering sports still have that mindset of who ACL, and when you talk to people in football, they're like it's ACL, it's like a
2: spring. Is night. it different in basketball?
3: A little bit, I think. I think because it's it's so important to you know to cut, and to, I mean it is in football too. But the way I mean, that, how much different that is what Kawhi
2: do, Leonard does than what. Jamison Williams. Well, does. it sounds like Kawhi's surgery didn't go well, and he I mean, uh, didn't. He, tear, the, he tore everything, right? Yeah, and it's, it's a little different
3: injury, but this the ACL tear. It's like six months, in your back, and it, and sometimes it's better, crazy, sometimes better.
2: Used to end guys' careers. Yeah, back in my day. Yeah. Uh, Mike old, Florio old says uh, no prospect should attend the draft without an appearance fee. Yeah. Why would an unpaid prop in a TV show prop? Uh, why would an unpaid prop in a TV show from which the NFL generates significant profit? Um, or YBN, yeah. Most of the kids are brainwashed by the idea that it's an honor. It's exploitation. Damn. Yeah. I, I go labor. Well, he's he's right, and I saw. He's right, of, really. They're getting, oh, they're, yeah. they're getting drafted. They're all going to get paid. It's kind of the beginning of your job. Sure, but you're the
3: draft is a TV show. The draft is. So you're, you getting, you're getting paid you whether get you're there. Or not. You're getting paid whether you're there or not. Okay, like you like, said,
2: you're get. You should be. Yeah, should be an appearance fee.
3: You are starring in a television show. And not getting paid for it. Damn. And so, and I saw people coming back saying the same thing that you, that you just kind of pointed out of, hey, you're about to sign the biggest contract you've ever dreamed of in your life. Like you're going to get paid, sure. But the NFL is getting paid for that show and for your games. That's a good point. Why shouldn't you be getting paid for that show? Right. And and there's also like, listen, there is an element, and I, I think it would be conflict. It would be conflicting for me if I was in that situation where I was like. Yeah, I want to be on this, like, this is a memory. I want to be a part of the experience and all that stuff. But at the same time, like, he's right. You could sell a draft party at your house. Probably make a bunch of money from some company to sponsor it. Have all your friends and family and probably have a Probably sell a time. draft party at a local business. Sure. Sure. Well, you could have a sponsor at your house even. And, and you're right, a business somewhere. Like, you could be making money off this. So why would they not be paying you to, to appear there? I, I think that's a valid point.
2: Where are you going to be all week for the draft and where are you parking? Great so I think life. we all have to come to grips with it's going to be good crowds here at the draft. Where do you park? I mean, I, I heard there's, there's media parking. I don't know, though. Uh, my, my
3: plan really, when I was thinking about it, was I'd park way north on
2: the Strip and take the monorail. Yeah, the monorail has free parking at the convention center, and round trips are two bucks. I mean that that that's probably going to be my plan. Which I think you're the only one on the show who's ever taken the monorail. I love it, but I may just do it because it's two dollars. You've still never taken it? No, there's been. I mean, I, I've taken I've taken small parts of the monorail years ago before it was really finished. You know, okay. I've been on the one behind the MGM. That's the been same on the, one. The, well, it wasn't finished. I mean, it's still not finished, but I think. That was like wait did it open in stretches? Yeah, I guess I have been on it, but only on the strip. I've never <laughs> taken it I guess I've never really taken it back all the way to the convention center. Okay. I've I've gone yeah, I've made run, I guess I've made runs uh on the east side which is the monorail and then on a, a couple of small, you know, smaller monorails on the west side. Gone all the way to the Sahara. I'm he monorail. I don't think I have.
3: I've parked at the Sahara to go to an event at MGM.
2: Maybe next week is the big week. You in? Possibly. You we're sure doing p- we're doing shows. From down there? And I keep saying next week. It's two weeks from now. Yeah. Uh, We're doing shows. No, not down there. Okay. Uh,
3: I would say I I have been on the monorail all the way. I think you should live
2: stream your first monorail experience. My first in years, we'll say that. Sure. It's been so long ago, I forgot. That's cool, though. No, it's good, but it's good for locals. There's plenty of parking at the uh, convention center, and I would not mess with parking anywhere center strip. Yeah, anywhere a little bit north and south of Flamingo. Well, to me, it's not at, even, it's at, not at even hotel garages, it's not plus, even parking. Plus, you got to pay for all those.
3: Well, I, I'm, I'm saying it's not even the actual parking, it's the getting to the parking. Yeah. Like that seems like it's going to be a
2: nightmare. I think they already started closing down parts of Flamingo near the Bellagio. Well, they did. So, saw the note early in the week going east on Flamingo, you hit LV Boulevard, no right turns. There's always another route. Sure, there is. Just. Can't wait for that F one. <laughs> yes, that, that is going to be exciting. Next November, get ready and build a blitz. And like we said multiple times, it ain't going to be just next November. It'll be Please. the prep for that is going to be months and months and months in advance. It feels like right now they're they're prepping for it. Please, on have a, a Spring road Mountain game. turning into Twin. Please have a road game for the Raiders that week. Yeah, that'll be crazy. I just want to be out of town. All right. So last night, do or die. Do or die. They did it. Made some headway. Golden Knights in gaining ground on the uh, percentage to make the playoffs. How to win that game? Not only won it, but it came out and I thought were spirited. They found fell down one nothing. Yeah. But after that, I mean, it was a one-sided game. And I know you pointed out, you know, if you're looking for signs of focus and almost desperation, look at what teams do in front of the net. Yeah. That's that's an effort thing, and that's been a big complaint all year. Yeah, and it's been and, and it's been bad lately. And and you know Pete DeBoer has pointed out a couple times
3: of hey, like we're try- we're generating some chances offensively, but in the defensive zone, like guys are just camping in front of the net. Nobody's hitting them. Nobody's clearing pucks away. Nobody's there. Nobody's efforting to get to the front of the net. And that just is not. They're not playing desperate enough. And. You know, yesterday during the game, I I tweeted that out. I said, "Man, this is the this is the desperation level of play that Pete Bohr has been talking about for for like a month or more and hasn't got yet." And they're getting it. Guys are diving in front of pucks. Guys are in front of the net. How many rebounds did Thompson allow? And and we've we've heard this complaint from people recently, right? Oh, Leonard, yeah, he's good. He stops the puck, but he lets the rebound sit right in front of the net. Yeah, there's other guys on the ice, by the way. And last night you saw Thompson make a bunch of saves. The puck was right in front of him, laying up, just laying there in front of the net, and Golden Knights would be there to swipe it away and just clear it away. And they'd, and they'd fight to get there before the offensive players would, and they'd get it out of there. And you just saw a level of desperation that I thought has been really lacking from a team that should have been playing desperate for a while. And I tweeted it out, and some people got annoyed by that for some reason. And then after the game, Pete DeBoer was like, "That's the desperation I've been talking about. Like literally, exactly what I was saying, which is true. It was very evident in watching the game. Like that was a level of desperation they've needed. They haven't had it. They had it last night."
2: What fans get critical now? Or I'm sorry. What fans get mad at critical analysis of VGK games? Oh, they're like, how is everyone not on board with the frustration and that things need to be corrected to make the playoffs?
3: Well, the response how can you be was, soft at this point sure. about your nights. Well, the response was. Yeah, it's funny what happens when Patrice and Stone play. Patrice has been back for a few games. Stone played last game, and yeah, and and then the answer is well, he wasn't up to speed, right? But you don't. It's not about how well they're playing; it's about playing desperate. That's two completely different things. They played that way last night. That wasn't about you know. Obviously, they still had some skill, and they still really, really generated some offensive opportunities, which was great. But to me, the reason that game was so impressive, and the reason the score looked like what it did was because they just played with that level of desperation that they've been lacking. And that's not about skill or ability or who's in the lineup. It's about fighting and showing some fight. And they did that finally.
2: You guys did just put out some news that goalie called up. Is Leonard not available? We'll get to that on the way back because now we got questions again about Sunday's game with – Robin Leonard, caller seven right now three six four eleven hundred three six four one one zero zero. Your chance to win a six foot sub from Porta Subs. It's the uh, Porta Subs tailgate tray. You can get one of your own at twenty plus locations around Las Vegas. Uh, also, go to portasubs.com slash free subs and you can enter a contest with Porta Subs to win subs for a year. The winner of the six foot sub here three six four eleven hundred also qualifies to win a new Yeti cooler. It's all brought to you by Porta Subs. And our buddies at Finley Volvo of Las Vegas.
0: Join the conversation on Twitter at ESPN Las Vegas.
1: Breaking news on a new poll just released about voters' opinions on the A's proposal for a new ballpark. And now there's talk that the issues might go to voters on the November ballot. The group East Oakland Stadium Alliance surveyed 800 voters in Oakland this month and found that three-quarters, 76 percent of voters want to vote on any deal the city strikes with the A's. Eighty-five percent of voters also want to require a full independent public analysis before any deal is agreed to.
0: Now, back to Colefield and Company in the Finley Toyota studio. Uh oh. That can't be good for A's brass to hear.
2: Or is it exactly what they want to hear? We're trying to figure out what the hell's going on <laughs> with the A's actions, with Libby Schaff, with city council, with Major League Baseball staying on the outside. That was a uh, NBC Bay Area. And all it was was a poll. And you heard 75% of the people would love it to be on the ballot in November. 86% would like more studies of the deal. I think the decision on whether it's on the ballot or not, and this will be pushed by the city council in Oakland, has to be in by July. I mean, at that point, if July comes and it's on, and then it's on the ballot, I mean, where are the A's then? I mean, I guess they could just be in a holding pattern, and like you've been saying the whole time, they ain't coming here. The only deal that makes sense right now that's on the table is the one in Oakland. I mean, in a lot of ways, if they if they're pissed at Oakland, they're like, hey, this process is going to take like another year and a half. And that's even if they got the yes, and they're not going to on a ballot. They'll get destroyed on a ballot. Sure, you know well, that it'll be it'll be, it'll be sixty five percent minimum. No, if not higher, and then. I guess they I guess they go back to the well and I guess they can start talking to people here about getting public money. I don't think that's gonna happen or it's time to start looking at Portland and Montreal and Nashville. No, I think for the first forty five seconds or whatever, since we came back from break, you
3: solved the entire thing and answered the question. Like all all they're doing is pushing this off till July, then they can't put it on the ballot and then they'll just pass it. Like that's what they're doing.
2: Here's Libby Schaaf talking about the uh, fact that people want to chime in on it. You know, the people on the ground want to chime in on it. And she's like, no, 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 there's no need for that.
0: This is the job of the council members. They are paid full-time salaries. They have professional staff.
3: They have access to experts. This is a very complicated project.
1: Now the mayor cites beautification of public land and job creation, both in construction and long-term, as reasons that the deal with the A's now on the table is right for the city. Council member Noel Gallo said today he is gonna push for a complete cost-benefit analysis of the plan at the next city council. Council meeting. There you
2: go. So, more red tape. And it's funny, Libby Schaff last week was engaged in this chuckle, chuckle trash talk uh, against Vegas, but then she just mentioned the benefits that she sees from the Oakland project the beautification of the area. I thought the area was already pristine coastline. Well, no, that's what happens when the stadium goes there. We saw the rendering. And watching this video. Uh, the area they're putting it in is is not a beautiful coastline. It is I mean, I think a lot of people here know it's you know, it's a port area. It's ugly, it's industrial. I think it's lovely,
3: but that that's again, that's the whole point of putting the stadium there that's that's what you know she's like, hey, look what it could look like right. if we actually it, had does a look cool.
2: it looks great it'll it'll look great. It should be there, but if the city council wins out and it goes on the ballot, I mean who it's it's a fresh start then or or they're just in an, another two year waiting period. And I uh, we'll get into this. To this guy, Dave Cavill. I don't. I, I don't know what his. I don't know what his game is. He, he's tweeting all over the place. I'll read you some of the tweets later on. It's just like, bro. Or, like I was asking Candy yesterday, what his theory was? You get rid of all your players. You strip things down because you want to show the area. Look, we can't compete. We don't have any money to have, to bring in players. You don't. You don't want to present. Hey, you know, here's two hundred million dollars in contracts for. Shamanaya and Chapman and Olsen because then people will come back and go, you have money, pay for it yourself. So you strip it down to nothing. You're like, we're cash poor. We don't have anything to do. But that said, what's, I don't know. I don't get the tactic of like twisting the T's of the fans. You don't want anyone to come out?
3: Well, I think, I think it's a calculation. I I think there's, there's certainly a, um, an element that is probably true of what he, of what Adam's saying of, Hey, if you sign these guys to a bunch of long-term deals and big money, you got money. The fans are like, well, why don't? You, what, what's the difference? Just stay where you are. Like clearly, it's working. Right. You're making all this money. You're winning games. Why do you need a new stadium? I don't get it. Um, why do you need to move? You're moving. You're thriving here. So I, I think people are very simplistic. I listen. One thing I've learned the last five years of politics actually being like a very strong discussion point among people is that. I thought people were fairly dumb in general. They're way dumber than I ever thought. Explain like, well, just like they don't and dumb probably not the right word. They they don't know where to find information. They don't know how to how to get accurate information. They they just see something on Facebook and that's true. And so like there is a you boil it down to a very simple thing, and people definitely will go more with it. So I think the hey we don't have much. Mo- hey we don't have money. What are we supposed to do? I think does sell with the average person who's worried about their family and, and going to work and all that stuff. And not looking into all this, like they don't know what the revenue sharing system is. Right. They don't know how much the A's are getting. All like it's a much easier thing to process. Of look, we have to get rid of all of our. players. You think we want to get rid of our players? We have to. We're poor. We need a stadium.
2: Kind of what, are you what the Reds the Reds guy did the other day. Except yeah. he got super obnoxious and said, "What else are you going to do?" Right. And and you're going p- to stick with us no matter what we do. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Now you stepped like people. People will some for some reason people will cozy up to billionaires and go hey they're just like us they're they're poor in this case right it just it makes no sense
3: but but you can sell people it's much easier to sell a very very simple narrative than it is
2: to sell a complex one openers on monday for the A's. of all teams that are in town baltimore oh oh boy now the reds got 43,000 for their opener uh i don't know if you looked at the photo i included in the rundown yeah. first pitch for the second game of the reds i don't know i don't think there were 2,000 fans there it was like not i'm not it, it was unbelievable. Uh, I mean, do they get, they get 20,000 plus for the opener for the A's and then game two is what in the hundreds? I think they will get about that for the opener because people will be excited about it. But I, I
3: would make the counter cause I know what you're saying is like, Oh God, it's Baltimore. This is a disaster. Isn't that, don't you want a really bad team? Cause a Baltimore game in like July is probably drawing 300 people. A Baltimore game for the open, opener actually could draw somebody. Like, you don't want the Yankees. The Yankees are going to draw no matter when they come there. So I think it's probably better to have the the really bad drawing team on a game you're going to draw anyway. It's like putting the, uh, I'm sure during the season, they'll throw like the, you know, the Orioles or the Reds or somebody like that as the
2: fireworks night. <laughs> and people will come out no matter what. Right. Well, college baseball, they don't piss them on about money. Uh, UNLV 13-12 win yesterday against San Jose State. It's part of a... Series going down. They're 23 and 11 now. They're 13 and 3 in the Mountain West Conference. They got a game tonight at 6:05. Single game tickets are uh, 10 bucks for adults. There's always specials as well, including uh, drink and food specials. And they'll be going across town from Early Wilson over off of uh, Harmon on the UNLV campus. May 6 to the 8th, they're going to be playing at LV Ballpark, the Las Vegas Ballpark in Summerlin. You can get tickets right now ticketmaster.com. UNLV will be taking on Hawaii. All three games are going to be there, May 6 to the 8th
0: finley toyota they'll do anything to sell you a car no toyota problem is too tough too large or too small keep your toyota running like a toyota Derek Carr is going to make sure Devontae Adams get the football. Tua has to deal with Jalen Waddle, Cedric Wilson. Yep. Now he has to deal with Tyreek Hill. I mean, he's got a lot of little pieces he's got to satisfy. Where Derek Carr, number one guy, is Devontae Adams, period. Nothing to talk about. It's not even close. Now, back to Cofield and Company in the Finley Toyota studio. studio. Keyshawn on... Quarterback
2: wide receiver situations around the National Football League. What's the update now on Kyler Murray? Because uh, yesterday we talked about it in the Big Five. Palisaro, one of the NFL insiders, saying, I mean, they're at a breaking point here. And from what he's hearing, Kyler Murray is willing to sit and not play if he doesn't get a real contract. I think he's due to make $5 million this year. All this guaranteed money is going to quarterbacks. Connor Murray's a young guy. I think he's shown enough to earn a pretty sizable contract. So, where are we now with Kyler Murray and the Cardinals? Well, it sounds like the the Cardinals and Kyler Murray are very far apart
3: on finding a sweet spot uh, as the Raiders were able to find. And from, you know, we haven't seen any forceful statement of he's not showing up, but the reports are that he will not show up on this contract, which is what I said Derek Carr should be doing also if he didn't get a contract. Like, if I was Kyler Murray, there's very, very low likelihood I would play on this contract. Very low. And it sounds like he is making that stance, even though when he deleted all the Cardinals stuff from social media, it didn't mean anything. We just don't get it because we're old, and that's just what young people do. People do that. People do that. Um, Yeah, so it sounds like there was something to it, and – Right now, it, it seems to be at an impasse. Like, this is – I'm I'm with both parties on this. Like like I said, if I'm Kyler Murray, I'm not playing on this contract. And if I'm the Cardinals, I'm not signing him to one of those insane extensions. Like, this is – if you remember before this season, I said, I think the Browns are smart enough to be the first team to not say, no, nah, man, we're not signing you. Now they went out and they got one of the top three quarterbacks in the league, and they did pay him because that's what you should do. But they were not going to sign Baker Mayfield to this massive extension. They were not going to play that game of like, hey, just because you're our guy, we're going to sign to this massive extension. It sounds like the Cardinals, I don't think, are on the same level intellectually, but they do seem to be playing that same game of, hey, we'll give you a contract, but we're not giving you a Deshaun Watson contract. We're not giving you a Pat Mahomes contract. That's nuts. That cripples us for the future. And they're they're going to have to find some some area to work this out. But I I think that the Cardinals are – willing at this point, it looks like, to be like, hey, man, you're probably right around top 10, maybe just outside the top 10. We're not giving you top five
2: money. It's just not going to happen. You know, there's been some unique situations in the history of the NFL with quarterbacks and having leverage. Now, most of it was before they came into the league. John Elway forced the hand of Baltimore at the time. And got moved to Denver. What did he use as leverage? The, New York, the New York Yankees. Yeah, baseball. Kyler Murray is a billion times the prospect that John Owe was as a baseball player. So Kyler Murray's got leverage of baseball with the o- Oakland A's. Oh, no. <laughs> of all the teams that drafted him. It's like one of the, the – we just talked about the A's and this whole ruse that they have no money. He can't even use, he, what was he, was he the 10th or 11th pick in the draft? He can't even use that as leverage. The people would laugh him out of the room.
3: Well, it would be nice if we came and played Las Vegas, though.
2: That did have me thinking. <laughs> That'd be awesome. But what's that going to be after next year? This situation will have to be remedied before he plays. And like you said, I see both sides. Yeah. I still well, think he's got a little bit to prove, a little bit more to prove before I give him, you know, 150 or 200 million dollars guaranteed like the other quarterbacks are getting. Uh, but if I'm Murray, I'm not freaking I'm not going out there and risking it, especially a, a guy at his size, which, by the way, coming back on the other side, that's another, yeah. you know, kind of con for the Cardinals. Like you're five foot one and 150 pounds like cool. I'm I don't know that we are going to jump at a mega contract with guaranteed money before you again, show us how good you are in year four. I was on the side of Kyler Murray should have played baseball
3: from the beginning. Anyway, Um, I think you can make more money, less wear and tear in your body, play for a longer period of time in baseball. If you make it Um, so, you know, and, and I know when, if you remember, like when he started, he started off so well in football, people were like, and people thought he should play baseball. Yeah. I still think he should play baseball. I don't know why he wouldn't. He still can. And, you know the the other factor here when you say, "Well, the A's wouldn't pay him because they, that's not what they do." True, but I have a feeling he could get a lot in endorsements by going and playing minor league baseball.
2: Interesting. I just don't, I don't know what the A's goal is anymore. They would probably he, he would could they want to do it? Would they want to play a part in it?
3: you could probably sign a movie deal.
2: But would the A's want to play a part in the game? But what if it's not a game? I mean, I don't think they'd want to.
3: I don't think they'd want to be a part of some like ruse of I'm gonna go play baseball for three weeks and get you to sign me a deal. No, right. but if he if he really decided, look, if, unless I get a you know five year fully guaranteed Deshaun Watson type contract, I'm going to play baseball. Then why not? Why not be a part of it? By the way, why not? Hey, A's fans, you want to see Kyler Murray play baseball for a couple years? Build us a stadium. <laughs>
2: 364 1100, caller seven. Another prize going out $50 gift card to Vegas Sports and Hockey. It's now open in the Centennial area. It's 5770 Centennial Center Boulevard. You also qualify with a win here, caller seven 364 for a two night stay, uh, night of the draft and the second round, first and second round. Day one and two, more accurately, at TI, you get dinner at Gillies as well. Right now, $50 gift card goes out, and you qualify, three six four eleven hundred.
0: Join the conversation on Twitter at Cofield & Co. Mike, you think it's the cornerback? Well, a couple things here. First of all, one of the main reasons I think the Dallas Cowboys haven't gotten to a Super Bowl in the last seven or eight years is the safety position. It's either Mark Barron or Maurice Claiborne, but it's a defensive back. With the sixth pick in the 2012 NFL Draft, the Dallas Cowboys select Morris Claiborne, defensive back, LSU. (laughs) (laughs) It's time for Colfield and Company's Path to the Draft. You
2: know, the funny thing is we're doing that for uh, every team on the Path to the Draft is, you know, one of their worst... Number one pick. That so was not a good one. The Cowboys actually have done a really good job in the first round over the last decade. Let's get into our path to the draft. The Cowboys are up at number 24 And Clarence Hill, Fort Worth, Star-Telegram, longtime scribe, covering everything in the Dallas area. Joined Stephen Adam here in Vegas. How are you, sir? How are you guys doing? We're good. We're good. You know what? I'm going to go left turn immediately. Before all the football on the Cowboys, I want you to tell Vegas about you're doing some fight coverage this week, right? There's a big fight at AT&T.
4: Oh yeah, well you know it's always something in Dallas. Jerry, you know he—he he, I, I would say hoards out AT&T Stadium. You know he he puts everything <laughs> up in there. But this is this is a great, passionate, great fight uh, with uh, of Spence and got Big time fight uh, uh, Saturday night at and t Stadium. I will be there again. Errol Spence, Dallas's own, has won more titles at AT&T Stadium than the Cowboys. Just think about that. He, <laughs> it's it's out
3: there. It is. He's fighting there a second straight time. Obviously, it's a massive venue for boxing. But how big is Spence in Dallas? You mentioned his hometown. He grew up there. Um, how big is he there?
4: Oh, he's big. I mean, you know, he, you know, he's a world weight. You know, Spence. You know, he's had a couple issues. You know, he had the car wreck, and he was actually uh, supposed to uh, fight Pacquiao, which you know certainly would have put his name to the stratosphere if he'd beat Pacquiao. But uh, he had a retina issue, and Ugas took his place, and actually was the one who retired Pacquiao. But but Smith is, has been the powerful, pound kind of best fighter uh, in the world for the last few years. And he, he just wants to get back in there and prove it. And, and hopefully, you know, this, this fight is for three belts. And then they're going to try to go with Bud Crawford after this uh, to get all the belts. But Smith is a bad boy. He's his own. And uh, it's just going to be a great event Saturday night at the t Stadium.
3: So, Cowboys obviously uh, coming up with a first-round pick here. We want to get into what they want to do. Do they need potentially help uh, at depth among their cornerbacks. Like, what is going on right now with Kelvin Joseph, and how much of a concern is this?
4: Oh, it's a huge concern. And then, yeah, they need – you know, the Cowboys came to the draft, you know, certainly they were thinking that they were going to need, uh, obviously, receiver, offensive tackle, offensive guard, pass, rusher what their primary needs. Cornerback, uh, they drafted Kelvin Joseph in the second round last year. They, uh, you know, they had Trayvon Diggs come up for Pro Bowl season. They thought they were pretty set there. You know, they really liked the potential of Kelvin Joseph. Uh, but now he does a question about his availability. Kelvin Joseph is, you know, the person of interest in a murder investigation in Dallas. Uh, he says he was, did not do the shooting, but he was in the car. And, you know, if you're in the car when your friend do a drive-by shooting, you know, that's gonna, you know, you're gonna get caught up in the press there. Huh. And right now he you, you talked to the, uh, police today and you know no decision has been made but there's a question about you know his availability going forward and so that that could certainly put a much on the Cowboys plan for the draft.
3: So uh, I guess yeah you talk about the plan for the draft. What is the plan for the Cowboys right now? Is this a team that thinks they can win right now? Is this a team that's building for the future? What are what is their plan?
4: Oh I mean clearly they think they can win right now. I mean uh they, they were twelve and five last year. Uh they got Dak back. They got Matt McCarthy. They, they, you know, you know, this is third season. Everybody should be comfortable with his offense. You know, this is the first full season outside of COVID. They believe they can win. The problem is the Cowboys have lost talent, you know, since the end of the 20, uh, uh, 2021 season. When you look at it, they lost Amari Cooper, uh, lost Randy Gregory, lost Cedric Wilson. They really haven't added any big time players to their roster. And certainly their plan was to upgrade through the drafts or upgrade. With, with Dak Prescott, you know, being in the full season away from that surgery uh, from a year ago and, and being better. But, yeah, they want to win. They need to win. Mike McCarthy's on the hot seat. There's no course if you don't win. You know, you got Sean Payton lurking in the shadow. you got Jerry Jones talking about Dan Quinn. has been an option there. Uh, so they need to win. You know, uh, they believe they can win. They just haven't done a lot to help themselves win with any moves this offseason. Do you believe
2: Mike McCarthy can win? Is he a good coach?
4: Oh, I think he did a good job. I think he did a good job getting them ready and having them play in their best football in the season. He did not do. It. They weren't. They didn't play their best. Didn't show up in the playoffs. But you know, he, he's a proven coach. You know. But again, to me, coaches coach and players play. You know, you need your players to show up. You know, you had a talented roster last year. The players did not show up in the biggest game. And you know, Mike McCarthy talked about you know you know having consistency, being the playoffs consistently. Where it's old hat, it's, it's something new. But the bottom line is that's not the way the league is now. If You don't win, you're out. And then the Cowboys' players, their best players, have to show up when it matters most.
3: That's the voice of Clarence Hill, covers the Cowboys for the Fort Worth Star Telegram. Uh, you you mentioned the name Sean Payton there. Does ideally does Jerry want the Cowboys to start like zero and two so we can just hire Sean Payton? <laughs> <laughs>
4: you know, I, Jerry does not like to. Be bad. He likes to team to be contender, which is why he, he never wants the tank to necessarily get a top quarterback. He, he always wants the Cowboys to be in the conversation. So I, I don't theoretically, don't think he, he wants them to start 0-2. And I don't think, you know, even if they fired McCarthy early in the season, Dan Quinn would get the job. You know, he, he'd be the next man up, uh, so to speak. But, you know, you got to go through all the rule and all the other things. It's not easy just to promote somebody, give somebody the job uh, at, at, you know as head coach right now, but you know, they want to win. They think they can win. Jerry's not trying to get at this AT&T Stadium. So uh, we'll see. But, again, they need to add some people to improve that team. You
2: know, we played uh, the audio of the pick back in 2012 with Morris Claiborne, and after that, I-, I thought the Cowboys did a really good job with first-round picks and showing discipline. Do they still have that discipline in the front office with the Jones boys where they go and get help? I mean, wide receiver would be nice, but they do need offensive line help. Do they go back offensive line with the first pick?
4: Well, I mean, I think that you know they need a walk-in start at left guard. You know, ideally, if they could get Zion Johnson, you know, they they would want an offensive lineman. You know, but it's going to be awfully tempting to take one of the wide receivers, one of those big-time wide receivers, fall because they do do need help there as well. You know, losing Amari Cooper, losing Terrence Wilson, and and knowing that Michael Gallup is going to be out for two or three games.
3: So, I mean, you mentioned mentioned guards there potentially. I know Edge is also something that they could be looking at if. If say the two guard prospects, the two big prospects are still on the board in Green uh, and Johnson, and there's still like a George Karlaftis who falls to them. If they had to pick between edge and, and interior offensive line, do you think they go interior offensive line?
4: I, I think they do. I think they do. That that, that that's what they they, they need an interior offensive line. I, need a, I mean, they need to also look at tackle, you know, because uh Smith is not going to be here forever, uh, especially when you have some special players at, at, at those positions, but. Yeah, I mean, the, those edge receiver and offensive line are the, are the issues, the things that they want to attack in the first round. They have brought a lot of guys in that 30 visits. they set themselves up to take the best available player, who who's available at 24, you know, at the position of the biggest need. And all, if all things are equal, you know, it, it's just a, it's a who Who's hiring your draft board?
3: So... It- is, is there anything this team can do between now and the start of the season, between the draft and adding a couple pieces, that you think can make them on the level of, say, the Rams and Tampa in the NFC? <laughs> <laughs> oh,
4: okay. right. You know, I don't think they were far up last year if you, if you saw them in the way they played Tampa toe-to-toe. And, and, and you know, the, the, the issue, you know, again, can they get a receiver – you know, can they get some offensive linemen? You know, and, and, you know, what level can Dak take it to another level? You know, one year away from that surgery, you know, having his first full off-season on McCarthy. since he got there, remember, the first off-season, McCarthy was going to hold out. Uh, he never showed up for an off-season program. The second year, uh, he got hurt that first year. The second year, was in rehab. He didn't have any time on task with the receivers in the off-season. So, they think Dak can take a, another step, an offense can take another step with Dak having a full off-season. So, you know, obviously you think the the defense will be better another year on the Mike McCarthy. I mean I well, Dan Quinn. Uh Michael Parsons is gonna take a step. I mean, anything can happen. You know, and certainly they, they do believe they have players to keep them in the conversation, but you know it takes more than talent as they found out last year to get you to the next level. You gotta have some luck fall your way.
2: Clarence, we appreciate the time. Enjoy the fight this weekend. Thank you. No problem, guys. Thank you. There he is. Clarence Hill, Fort Worth Star Telegram. We both sound like we're not very high in the Cowboys. Yeah, I'm, I'm, well, I think when you start thinking like, well, they shipped
3: out Amari Cooper, clearly it's a rebuild, but that that's not necessarily the case. You're trying to clear out, okay. you know, space and trying to figure out some other things along the way. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm not, I'm not necessarily high on anybody
2: in the NFC, but at the same time, that makes it wide open. It's not wide open. I, the, I think you nailed it. The Packers, well, the Bucks, the Bucks and the Rams are slightly above. The other elite teams. My problem with the Cowboys, like I'm not worried about wide receiver. No, I think CD lamb's ready to step up and Cooper was good. Not great. My worry is I just talked about how they built to a pretty good level by showing some discipline and not being stupid. Remember the 2014 draft. If I have it, if I have it correct, I think that was a draft. That was the one where everyone's like Manziel, 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 Manziel. And in back-to-back years, they went with Travis Frederick and Zach Martin. It was like, okay, you know what? Someone has locked up Jerry in the back somewhere, and he's not acting like a jackass going for a glamour player. Well, the O line, they got like seven good years out of him. Yeah, I, and now now, now sure. it's start now it's starting to break down a little bit. You know, the other one is they got they got a big break with Lyle Collins. You know, in the whole he had a situation before the draft. Well, he's gone too. Yeah. and that, so, so the old line got old pretty quick. You got a quarterback who's not as mobile as he used to be. That's, that's my biggest worry. And then of course, like Clarence went right to it. It's the hovering above Mike McCarthy, who is just, he's just kind of a boorish, boring guy. Like, sure. no, like there aren't a lot of people who think he's a next level head coach in the national football league. I don't know that Dan Quinn is, but he's made himself a candidate because the defense kicked ass so much. And then obviously Sean Payton with his ties to Dallas he's going to be looming around the situation you know whether he's willing you know he wants to or not but that's going to be a distraction well and and just going but the other the other need they
3: obviously they got rid of their edge rushers and they have, they have really they've got like one now so they do need to find somebody else that can get to the quarterback that's very important uh and obviously that's something that has been prioritized even more lately in the league people have really committed and, and gone with that and then on the receiver front you're right like i think CeeDee Lamb is a is a blossoming superstar but last year they had Cooper, Lamb, and potentially Gallup, and he was hurt. Now Cooper's gone. Lamb is there. Gallup is hurt again. And they, they like he said, oh, he'll two or three weeks. Right. How do you know? He right. could be done. And so in that case, now you're like, okay, now we just have C.D. Lamb. We do have to figure out a way uh, to kind of build around in that, in that receiving core as
2: well. They get the benefit of the fact that in the division, I, I don't know that the commanders or the Giants are going to be very good. Eagles would be better. And Eagles may improve a lot with the draft. Eagles have two picks and they they I would expect them to go defense on both of them,
3: potentially receiver, but I think they go defense on both of them and and build up that defense and they should be better for sure. And who knows what version of Carson Wentz we're going to get and what they can add. Um there is something I still think unless the Giants make a quarterback switch that they're they're going to be bad. Um But, yeah, the the division is there for the taking potentially, but it is going to be a little bit improved.
2: Kelvin Joseph, we mentioned it briefly, cornerback for the Cowboys. Police are looking for him or want to speak to him in connection with a shooting death last month. Apparently there was a March 18th altercation group of individuals uh, that appeared to include Joseph. Uh, He was ID'd because he was wearing some sort of necklace that said YKDV. He goes by the rap name, a rap name, a stage name. YKDV Bossman Fat. Yeah, okay. You just don't get it. Uh, no, but by the way, you don't have to say appeared. Uh,
3: his lawyer this morning basically said, "Yeah, he's in the car. He just didn't. He wasn't the shooter. So, Ooh. so he was there." Um, this right. is, this is obviously a very serious situation. And in fact. I saw, the, I saw the reports kind of surfacing on Twitter about 4 a.m. When I, was doing my, uh, when I was doing my mock draft, and I was like, boy, I might have to go corner for the, for the Cowboys now.
2: Nothing on the same level, but did you have some weird driving experience in Dallas? Yeah, and I was,
3: I was going to throw it out. It didn't sound like you would – like. it sounded like maybe there was some noise, and I don't know if you would really pick up on it, and it could be completely irrelevant. I told the story, though, on the air that after the Cowboys game, I had, a, I had a red-eye flight out of Dallas when it was Thanksgiving Day when they played the Raiders. And I left the stadium, I had plenty of time to get to the airport, and then I looked on uh, on the rideshare apps, and it was going to be like an hour and 45 minutes until they can get a ride, and it was like, for a 12-minute ride, it was like $200. Whoa. And I was like, okay, first I'm going to miss the flight, and it's going to be $200, this is nuts. So I kind of walked over to like a, a commercial area where everybody's kind of waiting for rideshares, some guy just happened to be like, hey, you're trying to get a rideshare, and I was like, yeah, and he, he, I had to put my trust in his hands. I, I was like, okay. He's like, I'll do it. I'll drive you there for 50 bucks. And I was like, okay, that's fine. You did it. And halfway there, he's like, oh, what, what were you doing at the game? And I said, I'm a writer. You know, cover the Raiders. He goes, oh, my best friend in the world, Clarence Till. He covers the Cowboys. So I was like, I, I was going to bring it up,
2: but I, I didn't want to get the,
3: what are you what? talking about? I never heard. I don't never. have a friend who
2: <laughs> drives anything. What are you talking about? Four o'clock hours on the way, football frenzy. You know, we never got to that uh,
4: great Cam Newton audio where Cam gave his opinion on women these days.